First of all, uh, shout out. Hi, DM English teacher. Hi, DM English teacher. How are you What's today? Up? What's up? Uh, are you the, are you the person that we've uh, that like stitched our thing and got upset with us about the uh, uh, freaking note taker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, hello, DM English teacher. Did you stitch us about being upset about us uh, dismissing the note taker and instead wanting to be the what the keeper, the keeper of the of annals or something like that? Um, we found that funny. We made an anal joke about it as we often tend to do we are so, children at best we are children at best <laughs> at worst we're also children yeah no um we're like not bad people but we definitely don't really adult very well most of the time <laughs> like 90 percent of the time yeah uh diamingo's teacher was uh laughing and he says i prefer i rile okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's fair. That's fair. I can respect that. I can respect that. I role played being upset. You role played very well. You you did a great job. I I loved that one. I really I really digged that one quite a bit. Anyway, let's actually get into the podcast portion of this podcast. I'm Connor and I'm Sam and uh, we are the Dungeon Bros. We are not brothers. No, but we are not in a dungeon as well. We are also not in a dungeon. We've never established that. No, we are we are in a condominium condominiums a way to put it what would you call our living establishment an apartment I, f- I feel like an apartment specifically like has a apartment building vibe whereas like a condo is i mean we've, we've only got one direct neighbor and and we're touching the we have a car garage right beneath our hmm. feet is it directly beneath our feet it is it is because the yeah because it's over there okay 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 that means nothing to the audio listeners of the podcast. No, so we're sitting in our living room right now. Slash Indeed. Room. It's an open floor plan. 100%. Um, 100%. And at some point below our feet, it switches from car garage or carport to... Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Pause. Pause. It's not a carport. It is definitively a garage. Okay, it's a garage. A, a carport would require an outdoor component of this space with like an awning or a covering atop it that's um, fair definitively a garage why is is the water man here hold on this is this shit's never happened before entertain the guests i uh i will i oh, will shit. you want to grab the cat too where'd the cat just go she okay that's fine well um yeah so we live in a public area uh, or not public area but you know in a group uh, living complex arrangement thing and he's asking about a truck which uh, there's a guy who constantly parks in the same spot uh, but I have a suspicion that somebody is blocking somebody else in I hear them saying right on um, anyway hello who is I wonder if anybody else is in the chat this parking issue is ruining our podcast you know um it's just it's just you know one thing that's ruining our podcast uh the real thing is us it's it's our it's our speaking what was that about yo that shit was wild um fill us in well i don't know why my head immediately went to the waterman yeah he was supposed to be here like over a week ago so yeah also i don't think he would be called the waterman more of a maintenance man yeah anyway this was uh just some guy walking his dog (laughs) 
Okay. He lives uh, somewhere on the complex, not anywhere near us, but he saw the truck that is always parked in that same spot outside, right yeah. in the end of our driveway, um, has one of their in- interior lights on. Mm. And so he was like, oh, well, we, I just went directly across to the garage that was near that truck. And to let you guys know, definitely not our truck. No, the guy lives, uh, I think, two doors down. Yeah, I told I told him, I think it was the boy uh, boyfriend of one of the people that lives either attached to our building or the one building up. Yeah, it's the one building up. Uh, but anyway, this was this was a lovely gentleman. He was very kind, uh, very considerate. He was walking his dog. I told, told him to give the dog some extra scratches for me. Good. Interesting thing to note about this gentleman. He was wearing a zip-up hoodie, much like I am wearing right now. Okay. Uh, he had, like, a flannel PJ pants on. Totally fine. Totally respect that. Sure. It's... Uh, with the flip-flop as well. Okay. So, just a very... It was, it was a look. I mean, you know, it's 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 late. It's 744 at, at night. It's it's 70 degrees. It was 70 degrees out today. So, like, yeah. these are at least understandable, you know, weather-appropriate wear. Yeah. Um, indeed. Indeed. Um, I am going to say that I really hope the microphones picked up the knocking because otherwise it's going to sound like we were totally just like making a bit up for this. I honestly think I heard it in my headphones bef- like before, before yeah. I heard it. Cause I have noise canceling headphones on like, right now. We literally hit record and like two minutes later we get a knock at our front door for reference. We get a knock on our front door maybe once twice uh, a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody ever comes to our fucking door ever. It's, kind of awesome honestly. you know the amazon guy has even stopped like coming to he, last time i got an amazon package it was three steps from the top really they're not even like coming all the way up now yeah i mean it is a sizable set of stairs up to our front door but it's not like not that bad i mean if you're going all the way if you're taking it up to the third step from the top take the extra like half second get two more steps in and just kind of yeah chuck just, it chuck it right there on the main little landing it'll be fine yeah it's fine that's idiotic. I can't believe that. <laughs> anyway, thank you, stranger, um, for looking out for the community. Uh, I appreciate that, even though um, it doesn't affect me at all. Yeah. So that was nice. I mean, I guess we could have had to have to help jump another car. Um, another car, yeah. I remember that about a month yeah. ago. Sim, Sims? Sims? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Um, he still needs to, You still need to contact him about playing Apex Legends with us. Oh, yes. I constantly forget. Very good. I have it in my phone. Very good. I should send it to you. You're the you're the you're the charming person in the group. Uh, am I? Am I? You're the outgoing person in the group. Am I? Yeah. I'm the loud person. I feel like that's there's a big difference there. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm yeah. much more recluse than you are. This was very convenient for our usual non D and D bullshit at the beginning of the podcast. Because um, I feel like we were just going to get right into it, and then we didn't because of this <laughs> so we get we get to keep the normal flow of the show thank you to the stranger outside our abode mm-hmm. well uh, a poet and i didn't even know it if we knew your name we probably still wouldn't shout you out because we don't want to reveal your identity to the world spider-man's name is peter parker who who i don't know i feel like i've never met a peter parker before i've never heard of that Anyway, yeah. uh, this is ostensibly a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Ostensibly. Um, today, the meat of our discussion is going to be at the end of the news. We're going to be talking about MCDMs, 
uh, homebrew supplement for 5th edition D&D, the class Beast Heart, as well as Monstrous Companions. Our friend Darren recommended this to us mm-hmm. and gave us access to this bit of homebrew. It is a paid bit of homebrew. Yes, it is uh, $15 normally, but... Uh... But MCDM, big, big in the homebrew community. Yep. Very, um, very popular. Yeah, they're uh, one of my favorites as well, as just as a baseline, um, probably more so than uh, they were. They were the ones who kind of inspired me to, well, the the owner, the, the original guy, Matt Colville, was the one who basically taught me to play D&D through his uh, YouTube channel. And mm-hmm. then I've been a big supporter ever since he made a company out of his YouTube channel. Right on, right on. So, yeah. so Samuel. Yes, Connor. Shall we get into the news? Indeed. Uh, we have quite a few uh, a few articles to talk about today. Yes. Uh, uh, relatively short, but still all, worthy. All, 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 all a good time, as they say. Who? The Allen. Ah, yes. You know who. First off, from uh, comicbook.com, though many websites were reporting on this, uh, Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Wizards of the Coast, they released a free adventure online. Uh, they made an abridged version of one of its more recent adventures available for free on the Wizards of the Coast D&D website uh, in celebration of D20 Day. December 20th. December 20th. That is a thing that I did not know was a thing. Mm, it's a play on the fact that we use a, a, a D for D December and 20 being the, the 20th. 20th. And the D20 is very important in our hobby. Indeed. Uh, basically, this adventure is just an abridged version of the Dragon of Ice Spire Peak, which is an adventure in the uh, D&D Essentials Kit. The abridged version does contain the first part of that adventure, as well as some pre-generated characters, monster stat blocks, and instructions on how players can continue the adventure going forward. It, it really is just a very, very trimmed down of the adventure in the Essentials Kit, which is nice if you've been into D&D for a while. And uh, you didn't buy the Essentials Kit because you were already into it, and nothing in there is really what you needed. I was always a big fan of when they did the uh, Encounter of the Week mm. on, uh, I believe it was D&D Beyond. Yes, I believe so. Where they had writers writing out specific uh, encounters that could, that are both extremely specific to like uh, a campaign setting that would, had recently come out or was going to come out in the near future, as well as just extremely generic things that you could plop into anything. I, I want more of this. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that they stopped the encounter of the week. Uh, I would love if they brought it back, but that's not really the discussion at hand. Uh cool it's a cool it's a cool little adventure hook go check it out yeah i I went ahead and checked it out i downloaded it It has uh five five different pre-generated first level character options i believe a cleric uh two fighters a wizard and something else Mm -hmm. um it has you know just the basics the very like two pages from the dmg and then uh a a couple of uh, like a mimic stat block, a commoner stat block, block, and then the special uh, gnome recluse, gnome um, which recluse, gnome recluse, yeah, the which recluse, is a, recluse, very good, which is basically a, a gnomish uh, mini spellcaster, mini guard sort of ordeal. That's neat. That's neat. I dig it. Nothing like a nothing like a good stat block that you don't have to make from scratch. Right. That's always nice. And you know, would the the idea is definitely, hey, look at this thing. Send it to your friends who don't know D&D, and then uh, convince them to play D&D. Indeed. Be like, look at this magical thing I can do for you. Always a good time. Uh, second bit of news. This one is from SlashFilm.com, but again, 
Many people have been talking about it. Uh, this is for the critters out there, fans of the Critical Role community. The record-breaking Kickstarter, The Legend of Vox Machina. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, animated series. It is an animated series. It's kind of a kind of a prequel, mostly just a recap of the first campaign up to a certain point. I don't know what that point is yet. But they released a uh, a clip online of the show along with the announcement that it was very much ahead of schedule mm-hmm. such that it is going to be released uh the first episode on january 28th of 2022 so just one. a couple of weeks like one month from when we record yeah they uh, moved the release date up one week um which is pretty uncommon i feel most things just generally get pushed back so to yeah. have something moved up is pretty impressive it, it's surprising since you know something like animation or like game design really benefits from all the time that you can give it mm-hmm. so even if they were ahead of schedule why not release at their normally scheduled time and just take that extra time to polish it uh they must be really confident and really like where the project is at at this yeah. point to do this uh, it'll be available to stream on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. Well, with your subscription. It's not technically free. Yeah. You are paying for it. And then I believe, if I'm correct, they were working on a deal with Amazon that all backers would get to be able to still view it free regardless of their Amazon Prime status. I believe that is true as well. Uh, if if you need a synopsis to know what this show is, then you can read it. But... <laughs> Where I feel like a lot of us are critters here, so you you know you know what campaign one was kind of about, and I, I think they're also trying to aim it that uh, at even if you didn't watch Critical Role campaign one, still probably going to be an enjoyable show. The animation and the writing in it already seems pretty good from the few clips that we've had, so and I'm I'm excited. Of course, well known voice actors are playing the main roles. It's almost like they're a group of nerdy-ass voice actors who like to sit around and play Dungeons & Dragons. Right. What a what a concept. What a concept. What a concept. Moving on. Uh, as reported by Wargamer.com, as well as many other websites across the internet, an official Dark Souls tabletop role-playing game is coming soon. Basically, at this point, uh, we oh. know very little, bit about, uh, uh, little about it. Yeah. Um, they haven't announced really anything about the the system that's going to be they did dis, they did a little teaser trailer very akin to how they announced dark souls and and other uh and Soulsborne sort of games with just the like the uh the safe haven kind of point with in this case it was the set of standard uh the seven standard die for uh fifth edition D D the d20 12 10 10 eight six and four i'm sure that they are waiting for from software to uh get through the release of their upcoming uh elden ring game Mm -hmm. very very anticipated heavily anticipated vigi game oh yes uh and i'm confident that they'll wait till after that not a whole lot of information i know you're a big uh soulsborne guy yeah yeah i i uh one tattoo is is uh bloodborne and i have plans for you know stuff from the other games you know, a lot of uh, there's probably going to be a lot of speculation as as uh, it, it approaches because in Dark Souls, you know, Dark Souls is a a very a very difficult, a notably difficult video game that inspired that has inspired an entire genre of video game called uh, Souls like games. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that translates into a tabletop game. Uh, I'm confident that it's going to 
be less akin to the combat systems from the video games and more akin to simply the lore and world of uh, Dark Souls. As a note, the uh, the company that is creating this uh, RPG system is Steamforged Games. They have previously released alongside uh, uh, D&D-adjacent role-playing products like uh, Animal Adventures and the Epic Encounter series. They've also previously worked with Bandai Namco on a licensed Dark Souls board game and a card game as well. And I feel like we have a Bloodborne game. Yes, we have uh, we have the Bloodborne card game, not board game. Mm, that um, might be the card game that they are alluding to. But there's also a board game. And mm-hmm. then uh, our, our friend Salem has the Dark Souls board game. It's a big, big chunky thing. I mean... Most of these modern, like one-off licensed board games, tend to be like little beefy boys. They do. I mean, they often comes with they often come with minis based on characters from like the video games, or it. And then the Dark Souls game is no exception. Indeed, indeed. Our final little bit of news, as reported by yet again several outlets, but this one from a uh, news station out of uh, the Miami Valley. Uh, W-Y-S-O, there is a writer in the Miami Valley that is creating a monster manual specifically of endangered animals throughout the globe. Uh, basically, it's like a fun little project and trying to draw upon the D&D community to be like, look at these cute animals and like creating some stat blocks and some art for them and photos and uh, explaining t- how... They are endangered and uh, raising awareness. A, a cool little thing. Yeah, they have uh, so far. Pu- they have actually put out a sampler. It does have three um, extinct creatures: a uh, the passenger pi- or no, the carrier pigeon, uh, a type of penguin, and a type of um, mars- uh, tiger marsupial thing. Uh, I went ahead and downloaded it and checked it out. It's it's neat. They have basically it looks like what he's trying to do is have a stat block for like what the actual creature would be. Um, and then like an advanced version of it, like a, a mythical D and D version of it, like a flock of, of carrier pigeons and what they mm-hmm. could do or, um, with the, uh, like cat thing, you know, it's regular as the cat. And then the upgraded version is the spectral form of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, super neat. Um, and if we do know one thing about the D and D community, uh, at least that we've seen through, through, uh, Groups like the uh, Critical Role, how they have their um, charity, the Critical Role Foundation, yeah. and and plenty of other other groups. Uh, the nerds who have money like to uh, like to be like to be good about it, like to spend their money on their own on themselves, but also give it away to charity. Yep, they love they love spreading the love, and I mean, who doesn't love love? Really, that is all of the news items for now. Let's get into uh, this beast heart, Sam. You're much more familiar with this than I am. My quick little overview, a better Beastmaster system for Animal Companion, which is nice. There is a lot of new mechanics introduced, and I'm skeptical of how uh, seamlessly it integrates into Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. I like it. I'm a fan. I feel feel like most of the things that we talk about, we're like, oh yeah, we like it. 
Yeah. I love the concept of uh, the ferocity system and uh, losing control. Uh, the whole point is that these companions are monstrous in nature, so they're not like your normal animal companions that you can like you can train a dog and the dog's going to listen to you. Uh, you can't. It, it's a little harder to train train a uh, gelatinous cube. Yeah. So uh, basic, a quick rundown of this. In the companion system is not one that's uh, flexed very well or that's worked out very well in um, main mainline D and D. We you know you see a lot of complaints about uh, the ranger class specifically, and there have been so many reworks of the Beastmaster. And then earlier this year, actually, uh, Stibble's Codex of Companions um, from Runesmith came out, and that one focused more on pets and how uh, animals could aid you um, in, in non-combat encounters more so with this one, it is very much, you know, you can, it, it says right up front, you know, you can feel free to give these as, as companions, but if you're not really using the class, you could consider these pretty good magic items, basically. Um, it's, it's interesting that they draw the comparison there to magic items over a, uh, an actual like beast companion or like a summon spell. Mm-hmm. That's weird. I like it. I dig it. Yeah. I vibe I could... with it. Especially the, I will say the mechanics of creating the stats for like armor class and hit points are very reminiscent of how Tasha's cauldron of everything is handling uh, summoning spells now mm-hmm. with your create elemental, create undead, uh, using proficiency bonus plus a flat stat for armor class as well as hit points, uh, as well as uh, bonuses to saving throws and such. And such. I think I think they definitely took note of the direction that D and D was going in, and they were like, "That's a really good idea." So we're going to just kind of we're going to nick that. Yeah, I think definitely one of the um, the the weaknesses of companions, animal companions, or um, even summon spells is as you level up and get to higher levels, they can often just fall to the wayside in their usefulness. Uh, a prime example of that is going back to Critical Role. There, is, there was in the first campaign there was Trinket the Bear, and you know when they were getting into later levels a lot of the time his combat usefulness would be all right run out into the middle of the field give flanking bonus to the barbarian for one round all right some aoe is probably going to hit and then it's going and and then trinket would die but matt had created a uh created a magic item that allowed him to be returned to vex's possession basically and gave him time to heal and and this uh, definitely addresses that. And like you were saying, you know, it, it increases uh, HP and proficiency bonus on their own. They gain uh, basically maneuvers as you level up, and it actually makes it does focus more on okay, this companion is your weapon. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have your own weapon. You're gonna have your own you know set of abilities. But this companion is what you're sending out and and controlling during the fight. A lot of uh, interesting customizability options as well. It includes five different subclasses. Some of them a bit more inspired than the others, but that's just that's just the way it goes. Yeah, we can um, see that in, in in every in every even official D and D even even in the player's part. handbook. Oh yeah, even in the player's handbook, they really they really phoned it in with the champion fighter. I would say, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the class is shockingly customizable. Um, and I would argue almost to its detriment. 
the the first like truly like deep customizable class was the warlock as presented in the PHB with Eldritch Invocations, as well as the Battlemaster subclass for the fighter. Battlemaster maneuvers are very, very simple in their execution uh, and the effects that they cause. Eldritch Invocations got a little bit more complex, but that was kind of the core theme of the Warlock as being super customizable uh, and basically getting a million different ways to cast Eldritch Blast (laughs) and a million different ways to use the two spell slots, two, count them, two spell slots that they get until they're like 15th level. Yep. Later, of course, it was the Artificer, but uh, I also feel like the Artificer, in many ways, suffers from having too much customizability, where unless you are like big into D&D, it is so not user-friendly mm-hmm. to make an Artificer, and that is probably a reason why you don't see a whole lot of artificers out in the wild while you're playing D&D. And I'm sure everybody in the comments or on the Discord or in the TikTok live right now can be like, oh yeah, uh, I have an artificer at my table. You're a fucking idiot. Generally speaking, you're not going to find a lot of artificers. You weren't you, you, Back in the day when the mystic was a thing in Unearthed Arcana, you weren't finding a lot of mystics because it was too complex. And uh, the Beast Heart definitely toes that line a little bit for me. Uh, their second level feature, I forget the name of it. Um, the Exploits or the Superior Ferocity? The, uh, the Exploits, I believe. The Exploits, yes. Where you get uh, several different options for how to engage combat with your companion. And the list is simple enough. But whenever I see things like that, it just makes me nervous a little bit that people can get too lost in the weeds or there's going to be some combination of abilities that the designers hadn't really thought about that uh, breaks the class a little bit, cracks it wide open, if you will. I will say uh, in my own experience with an Artificer, you know, I tried actually you and I are in a campaign that our friend started up recently and. He kind of gave us some overview, and then when and then he looked at you and me and said, "Just go crazy, do whatever you want." And I was like, "All right, we just got Tasha's. I want to create an artificer." But as far as customizing with an artificer, you're, you're absolutely right. You got to choose your spells. You got to choose your uh, whatever their their in, their their daily buff is. Their to you know touch a thing and give it a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's how are you going to customize you know your subclass because you know you have the you have the the armor and you have the gun guy and you have the you know uh sentry guy and each of those has different things that they can do two of them have companions yeah. that are attached with them and and it's like okay so every day or every level up i'm going to have you know six different sets of different customizable things i could choose and i i is somebody who loves doing customization and and you know i don't necessarily min max but optimize or try to go for a strategy 100 percent, yeah same it, it was just a lot it is a lot that the warlock and the battlemaster benefit in that once you've made the customizing decisions they're there they're mm-hmm. stuck you can swap them out if you want to when you level up and you don't you don't have the 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 world being your oyster every time you take a long rest of like okay what do i want to grab for this specific day Mm. which while nice and cool and there are definitely people that are going to vibe with that 
it is almost too open-ended for its own good. The Beast Heart, I believe, you cannot swap things out, yeah. which is a point in its favor. It's more. It's a, a, the the exploit. So, um, just real quick. Uh, let's yeah, get let's get into yeah. some class features. Yeah, sure. Um, real quick, just the so like we mentioned earlier, there is uh, a, a a new mechanic. It's called the Ferocity. Um, it's the Ferocity mechanic. Basically, when you start combat at the beginning of your turn, uh, you roll a d4 and add some other numbers based on on different features. And uh, this gives you a resource to spend to have your companion do cool things. Um, they can all, your companion can always just attack, but then uh, as you gain more levels in this class, they have better attacks. They have attacks that do other features. They have bonus actions, reactions. You know, even just as much as uh, you and him can, you and your companion can turn. You know, can fly or can turn ethereal for a while. And uh, this, this in in what I see, this is is a almost a, I mean, it's a very combat specific, slightly better because it recharges form of key. Mm-hmm. It's not as complex as say a spell casting system, which I think is to its benefit. Um, but yeah, it's just a straight resource. And then if you uh, collect too much ferocity without expending it, then your uh, your companion has the potential to rage uh, or rampage, which means that it will uh, you'll lose control of it for one round in which it'll go attack the closest thing. Which overall, as the rampage, it could be cinematically exciting depending on when this happens or if this happens. Uh, it can be a slight setback or a major setback, depending on what point of the battle you're in. With um, there is a flat bonus that you get to uh, your ferocity, is there not? It's a D four plus. It's a D four plus the number of enemies that are near your companion. It might be on the battlefield. I'd have to. I think. I think it's within five feet of your companion, but that can very very quickly. Uh, accumulate a lot of ferocity for a companion and if they are rampaging it seems like something that would definitely be a lot more of a hindrance uh, depending on how you are using your companion in combat (laughs) every time you were talking about rampage I was thinking about Archer and his uh, breast cancer rampage Mm. so it's a great episode see I was Um, thinking about Apex yeah also the 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 rampage rampage gun that is also fair (laughs) But once a, once your companion is in a rampage, you kind of lose control over what it does. Yes. Yeah. So uh, when it goes into a rampage, it takes its movement to go to the closest uh, creature and make a signature attack. Um, a signature attack is just its main melee attack. For, you know, for for a creature with claws, it's going to be a claw attack. For a creature that bites, it's going to be a bite attack. Example. Uh, and then. You know, there are some rules for if oh two things are are as are equally distant, and then after uh, it rampages, once its turn is done, its ferocity drops to zero, and you regain control of it. Hmm. Okay, that isn't as bad of a detriment as I would have expected. It makes rampaging a lot less scary. I would say a lot less scary than even like a summon greater demon spell. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have that as much drawback. It it could it it would definitely change how the player playing the beast heart companion or beast heart might 
have to line up their next turn. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're a spellcaster or a fighter even, you know, you have kind of, all right, I'm going to go here, disarm my opponent, and then I'm going to move on. Yeah. But if, if you're like, well, I'm going to go here, try to poison this guy, because that's one of the, you know, one of the uh, uh, ferocity attacks that some of the things have is move here, poison. Um, but if you're like, oh, I instead can't move, it goes into a rampage, it moves there and just mauls my friend. Mm-hmm. Might change things a little, but I'd say it, uh, over time it's going to not be as detrimental, especially as you level up and as you gain, uh, you know, at one point you just gain expertise in mm. animal handling in this class. Yeah. Uh, animal handling is definitely a must take skill from this class. <laughs> um, simply because, and they even like throw proficiency at you because of how important it is at level three. Let's get into some of the companions. Uh, the the ferocity mechanic is really cool, and it seems like most of the companions have unique options for spending ferocity on uh, special attacks, which is always fun. Yeah. Quick overview of some of the options. You get some interesting things like uh, dragon wormlings. You got a blood hawk companion. There's oh a uh, there's a dinosaur in there. There's a dinosaur. You can ride a velociraptor basically. Uh, there's uh, an earth elemental companion, which you could probably adapt for any of the elementals, a gelatinous cube, a mimic, your giant spider, your giant toad, your weasel, hellhound, hellhound. Oh, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> that's actually, that's actually fucking badass. Um, owlbear. Oh, good. They have the owlbear. <laughs> In case you can't tell, I believe I said it. You I've said, like skimmed it. I was gonna say you said that to me. I don't think you said it on the on mic yet. Yeah, but uh, uh, I skimmed it. I skimmed it. The sporling. I have thoroughly read it. The warg. I assume there's a wolf as well. No, just a warg. Warg. I mean, you could re re it's wargy. Yeah, you could rework the warg as a wolf. And then they kind of they give some basic like, oh, if you want to do your own custom one, here are some here's a little a little block like, oh, here's how you find like their armor class or their HP or um their attack bonus uh and then they do reference it multiple times they're like hey check out our discord and or our subreddit because the community loves to make things based on the things that mcdm makes yeah Yeah. Um, i'm sure there's a lot of awesome uh fans that have made crazy companions that we couldn't even think of all right off the top of your head you just kind of look through the name uh the which which companions there are without reading into it which uh which scene which just sounds the coolest to you i mean i paused at the hellhound for a reason i i mean we have an owlbear mini i would love to be able to utilize that owlbear mini quite great. a bit the hellhound quite cool the warg reminiscent of the lord of the rings specifically the two towers where the wargs play quite a bit of a role in attacking the people of rohan i mean a gelatinous cube it's just I, I'm just listing off all of oh, them yeah, at this you're, point. You're just like these are neat. Hellhound, Hellhound, it would Hellhound, Warg. I want like your kind of classic beast companion. The Albear might be a bit much, but I got a mini for it. That's so true. So that yeah, would probably I, sway me. <laughs> <laughs> My top three are uh, the gelatinous cube. I just have a weird affinity for oozes, as uh, as I've said before on this podcast. You were you were a big fan of the ooze black, if um, you will. It was ooh black, and then uh, the last game we played, and I collected some some black pudding in hopes of uh, getting a black pudding cup. Yeah, a little a little Stibbles companion. A little Stibbles companion. Uh, one of my favorite things about the gelatinous cube is uh, it will you can as the the PC can just be engulfed by it or just walk into it and not be harmed. 
and gelatinous cubes just like cool this guy's inside me now um also i enjoyed the dinosaur because they make references to jurassic park in mm. that in the stat block mm. and uh the sporling it's just a little little, little walking mushroom, mushroom little mushroom, mushroom guy, guy. Got a little, little mushroom, mushroom guy. guy yeah yeah little little mushroom guy he's got like four legs three arms and a billion eyes i think we said mushroom guy at the exact same time twice nice Shall we move on to the core class? Indeed, indeed. Right. So uh, the 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 starting proficiencies, um, as well as the RP suggestions and the quick build, all kind of lend it towards that, like you mentioned, that classic kind of uh, that classic wild man with mm. a beast. This is this is very similar to the ranger in that regard, where you specifically for multi-classing, you requires a thirteen in either strength or dexterity, as well as wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like the ranger d8 hit die much like the rain uh, i believe the ranger has a d10 i think i think they have a d10 you're you're the ranger expert in this house i am i am uh, i am a, a ranger stan as the kids may say they do the kids yeah. do say that they do say that sometimes d8 hit die you get light armor medium armor shields simple weapons and then an interesting selection of martial weapons specifically battle axe great axe long sword net scimitar and short sword so one thing about mcdm uh is they are i mean as, as we all are in this hobby uh profoundly nerds but they don't shy away from it partially because they do all you know they're not they don't have to shy away from it as uh as wizards of the coast might um but I'm wondering if the set of weapons that they have chosen are references to different movies. I mean, logically, the net would make sense if you're a a beast hunter of sorts that wants mm-hmm. a companion and you have to capture him. Oh, the long bow and the short sword. It's not a long sword. It's a long bow and a short sword. So no long sword. No long sword. I mean, the long bow and the short sword. I mean, that has to be Aragorn, right? Got to be. Even though he's not a beast master, he's just a ranger. He is, yeah. He doesn't have a beast companion, really. But like the the battle axe and the great axe. Gotta wonder. I mean, there's some... Very... Scimitar. Scimitar. Maybe some sort of Arabian Knight reference. Hmm. Maybe. Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. Anyway, moving on. Anyway. You gain proficiency in strength and wisdom saving throws, and you get your choice of three skills from animal handling, athletics, intimidation, nature, perception, stealth, and survival. You got to take animal handling. <laughs> like a, a lot of core things require the animal handling feature. Yep. Uh, and you'll be getting expertise in it at like third level. You get to start with hide or leather armor, a longbow and 20 arrows. You get your choice of a martial weapon and a shield or two martial weapons. Presumably you would pick ones that you are proficient in. Presumably, but you don't have to technically. Yeah. Two hand axes or a simple weapon as well as a dungeoneer's pack or an explorer's pack. You know, I've been running D&D for six, almost seven years now, I think. I still cannot tell you what is in each pack. I know every pack has a bedroll and a water canteen and 10 days worth of rations. But outside of that, uh, they all have 50 feet of hemp and rope. Oh, that too. Very important. Not all of them have backpacks. That's right. <laughs> the scholar, the scholar's pack, I believe, does not have a backpack. Um, just a satchel. It's They just assume that you like are carrying it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're neat. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> Your first level abilities are companion and natural language. 
basically natural language you can communicate verbally with your companion and you can comprehend communication from them it's not you're not going to be like having full-on conversations uh debating the politics of your world but you're able to command them yep. and they understand you and you understand them if they're trying to tell you something like don't go there danger or something like that yeah water over here water please give me food that's mm-hmm. that's the one that your cat says the most just please oh yeah give she me said food. she says please give me food quite a bit i'm surprised she hasn't said anything yet because it is a half hour past her dinner time and she's probably got another half hour until she's getting fed because we're doing this. That's, so, you know, it's an oversight on my part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the companion feature is uh, you get your companion. That's, and, a, that's a good thing to have at first level when this is your class. Yeah. And uh, you get to basically spend a minute meditating to resurrect it if it dies from losing all of its hit points, uh, though you would gain a level of exhaustion, which if you were to do that at the end of your adventuring day, you would simply be able to take a long rest and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a, no, you're not going to be, if, if you're reckless with your companion, you're going to lose it for the rest of the day deal. Right. Which I'm fine. Yeah, it also, it, it also has links to the aforementioned discord server and subreddit showing off the com- community created uh, companions as well. This actually kind of flies in the face of, of other sorts of D and D if you lose it, you have like even the wizard, like his their spell book. If you lose your mm-hmm. spell book, I believe you have to spend like you have to spend a lot. You to, well, you, have you to, lose all the spells that you didn't have prepared. And it's like I think you can reprepare, you can yeah rebuild the book for like half the cost. You can copy it. You have you have to create a backup book. You don't get to rebuild your book if you don't have a backup copy and you lose the book. You lose all the spells that you didn't have prepared. Mm-hmm. There's an entire uh, animated spell book from Z Bashu on YouTube uh, about that bit. But then even even the Warlock uh, Pact of the Tome, if you lose that book, your your patron will give it to you after eight hours. You know, after you yeah. spend eight hours complaining. Um, yeah. But kinda, yeah, so kind of the same way with the Pact of the Blade. Yeah. So being able, so I do like that. How it's not how it's like okay. You kind of screwed yourself over, you know. You you maybe got hurt, or or, or you, you 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 expended your resource, but you don't have to spend. You don't have to take an entire adventuring day off yeah. to get it back. Wizard Wizards of the Coast, uh, they love the wizard class, but there are a lot of really weird, stupid restrictions on it like that. There are like a like their companion, the Find Familiar. You you, you gotta you gotta have material components for it. Like you don't just get get it back which is annoying but you know whatever right. i don't want to spend 25 gold pieces to get my cat back and especially at low levels that could be that's a lot of money and honky at low up levels. to like up to like even level four or five it can be like a good chunk of chains yeah anyway anyway so uh, i believe that's it for level one level two you get the primal exploits which are the, as we were mentioning earlier, the customizable options for the beast heart. You get three immediately at level two. You get an additional two at level 10 and level 17, respectively. Whenever you gain a level, you can swap them out, uh, but they have to be of an appropriate level that you can take. Some exploits require a reaction. Others have specific circumstances, but don't require any sort of action. Uh, Some of them activate as part of the attack action. Uh, there's a lot of variety here. You also have the, your exploit save DC, uh, which is just a DC to resist the effects of, of uh, certain exploits that you have. Um, and that's uh, just eight plus proficiency plus your wisdom. Exactly like the ranger. Oh, yep. 
Uh, just a quick rundown of the names. Ada's Friend, Bring Them Down, Drag Them, Feral Reflexes, Hurricane Blow, No Escape, Primal Pounce, Quick Hide, and Thrash are your options at second level. I like the... They have a nice, convenient chart here that shows what action you have to use. Uh, for example, No Escape does not require an action. Uh, thrash is a reaction. Uh, quick Hide is the attack action. Uh, it shows you what level you have to be to take it, as well as the amount of ferocity that it costs. For example, No Escape is a cost of minimum of one ferocity, but you can add more. It has one plus. Uh, bring Them Down requires four. The Primal Pounce requires three. They're just kind of neat. This is this is what you were alluding to earlier that this is very much a key style mechanic mm-hmm. from the monk. Yeah, because it's it's closer to key than it is uh, to maneuver. These are maneuvers, but they spend the key to where they spend a they this resource, but you regain this resource. So it's not like the maneuvers where it's like ah twice a day I can try to trip somebody. Yeah, do a little extra damage. Yeah, uh, there are some exclusive options at level 10 as well. They require a bit more ferocity. And then the 17th level options require a massive amount of ferocity. Uh, your companion is supposed to go into or have a chance of going into a rampage when you hit a uh, ferocity of 10 or more. And all of the 17th level exploits are above 10 ferocity in terms of charge like 16 14 12 are all of them pretty much yep um but then i mean we can we can just bounce ahead one one level and that's when you get your subclass but you also get uh master caregiver in which in which if you have don't have a proficiency in animal handling you gain it if you already do you gain expertise in it so even at so when uh you know we we're talking about 17th level at that point if you you're expected to have expertise in animal handling you're so getting like a plus 16 or something yeah stupid exactly like that. exactly um so it's basically like at that point it's it's dangerous it's minimally da- it, the, the danger starts to subside a little bit i'd say yeah um at second level you all we, we skipped over one little feature uh the superior ferocity when your companion uses a ferocity action that's in its stat block and it requires the creature to make an ability check or saving throw, you can choose to just use your exploit save DC instead of the DC that's listed in the stat block. Uh, that just kind of streamlines everything and really gives you like one number to reference as opposed to having to keep track of multiple things. Yeah, it it it, it's, uh, it boosts the usage of the Beast Heart class as opposed to just having a companion you know, i believe I, w- I would believe that mathematically as well the exploit save dc would be higher than whatever the dc included in the stat block would be i would assume probably you know i again we haven't looked in depth but it, usually if it if it falls in line with a lot of D things it's like oh you know when you use this thing it's dc 12 dc 11 for basic creatures yeah so it's probably yeah higher got uh, 14, also 15 at low levels also at level three you get to pick your subclass. Mm-hmm. The uh, included subclasses, there's five of them. Ferocious Bond, Hunter Bond, Infernal Bond, Primordial Bond, and the Protector Bond uh, that give you class features granted at 3rd, 7th, 11th, and 15th level. We'll skip over them for now. Uh, level 4, 8, 12, 16, and 19, you get an ASI. Everyone knows that. 5th uh, level, you get Beyond Instinct. 
you and your companion just gain some additional benefits. Whenever your companion gains ferocity at the start of your turn, they gain an additional one ferocity. Your companion gains proficiency in saving throws with one ability score of your choice. Your companion gains proficiency in one of the following skills, acrobatics, animal handling, athletics, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, sleight of hand, stealth, or survival. Your companion can use wisdom in place of intelligence if they make an ability check using the investigation skill. They can use strength or dexterity in place of charisma when making an ability check using the intimidation or or performance skill. And then uh, when you reach higher levels, the bonuses that you at 10th and 15th level, the bonuses that you gain in ferocity increase to three and then five respectively. And your uh, companion gains proficiency in another saving throw of your choice and gains proficiency in another skill of your choice from the list provided already. By 15th level, I mean, you're going to be gaining like now that I think about it minimum six ferocity at the start of every turn yeah up to a minimum up to a die roll where you would get nine and that's assuming that there are no enemies around so so that's giving you it's going to give you uh your you know your maneuvers your exploits uh you're you're pretty much going to be able on first turn be able to choose most of your exploits um Mm -hmm. as opposed to just having to you know lower levels you might have to just make that signature attack wait a turn and then be able to use your you know your acid spittle or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah when it's definitely that as you increase the abilities of the companion increase uh respect respectively additionally at fifth level you get the improved signature attack feature when your companion hits with their signature attack the attack deals an additional weapon damage die this is kind of just like a debuffed extra attack for your companion, mm-hmm. since you're not going to get the flat bonus of the ability score that's using that's being used for the attack. Uh, you also get an additional damage die at level 11 and level 17. So at level 17, every single one of their basic attacks is going to be dealing three additional dies of damage, which even makes just their basic attack not using ferocity points at all pretty beefy especially yeah. for a companion it's kind of like that same idea of leveling up damage cantrips as you mm. as you level up uh, additionally damage dealt by your companions attack and ferocity actions count as magical for the purpose of overcoming resistance and immunity to non-magical attacks and damage basically okay. you know keeping them useful <laughs> as you get to uh where all of your enemies are magical in some way Uh, Level six, you get two more abilities. The Faithful Companion. You can work better as a team with your allies as well as your companion. You no longer need to use your bonus action to command your companion. Instead, as long as you are not incapacitated, you can direct them to take an action simply with a verbal or physical sign that requires no action. Additionally, when your companion enters a rampage when you are not incapacitated and they can see or hear you, they do not automatically move forward and attack the nearest creature. You can instead choose where the companion moves on your turn and which creature they attack with their signature attack. Making the rampage immediately something that you want to be happening quite a lot. I mean, you see, it, it, it does, of course, limit your, um, you know, you can't use your ferocities that turn you, you you do have to move and you, you you move and attack it makes you're not afraid to 
pile up on the ferocity points anymore. No, yeah, exactly. It's it's not so scary and and gives you a little more of that room to gamble with. Uh, um, especially if you take the ferocious bond subclass. Yes. Uh, where they really want you in a rampage a lot. The basically all of the rules and detriments that they put on companions are just kind of slowly being chipped away by the beast heart just to make it really easy. Yeah. Uh, and to actually make them worth taking over simply just giving other classes companions like this. Yes. Um, next is... Unless gotcha. you have something to say. No, I was, I was going to say. Next level is uh, level six. We have the faithful companion. Oh, sorry, no, we're, we're on level seven. No, no, no. We've got one more level oh, six. Rejuvenating, rejuvenating ferocity. Yes, rejuvenating ferocity. I can read my own handwriting. <laughs> rejuvenating ferocity is the other six level... Uh, feature your companion can draw on their own fury to revitalize themselves in battle you can use a bonus action to spend any amount of your companion's ferocity with the companion regaining hit points equal to the ferocity spent you can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier regaining all uses when you finish a long rest seems a little at sixth level i'm sure it's very useful but when you get to higher levels i mean how much how, how helpful is regaining five hit points uh, it will bring them up if they're knocked unconscious, but can they even be knocked unconscious or do they just die? They when can they be hit? knocked unconscious. I they, believe. Okay. Yes, they can be. They okay. can drop to zero hit points. Oh, there you go. Um, they're basically just a free re up as a bonus action. You know, as it, uh, bonus healing is probably the best healing in D and D bonus action. Healing is wonderful. Um, some would say overpowered. Uh, I am not some, no, this I, this is we could we could probably do an entire podcast on the healing healing in D and D, but just as a as a the way D and D is set up in its turn based action economy, uh, healing except for bonus action healing and healing to get somebody up from zero is is a very specific build. Yeah, uh, let's do a quick run through of the rest of the abilities. We're already an hour in. Oh wow, really? interesting! I know, just time flies. Time flies. Primal Strike. Bonus damage for the PC when they make a weapon attack. Yeah, so you as an individual can do extra damage of certain elemental types. And then you get additional damage again at 14th level. Ninth level is the Mystic Connection, where uh, you get additional features that you can use depending on what type of companion you took. Uh, there's a breakdown for all of the companions that are available in this supplement uh like the hellhound has a different bonus action feature than the mimic and the owlbear and the sporling and some of them don't require a bonus action some yeah. of them you can do as an action some of them are free the warg simply gives you an additional 10 feet of walking speed mm-hmm. all all neat all useful all all very reminiscent of feats all yeah it, honestly they're like little mini baby feats yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah uh 13th level loyal to the end they can't be frightened or charmed. Your companion you, can... you or your companion cannot be frightened or charmed. Well, there you go. A little basic, but eh, it's useful. We're it's, not going to disparage coming. it. No. I think at 13th level, you're not getting uh, many creatures that are going to be attempting to charm or frighten you because a lot of classes get sorts of resistance to that. But you and, also have creatures like dragons that just innately, as soon as you enter their field of view, you have to make a save. That's true. And it can mess up a very, you know, I've had... I've had uh, I've had a paladin uh, that had that could not do anything because he was frightened for <laughs> six rounds of combat because he couldn't save. So, 
It do be like that. It do be like that sometimes. 14th level, keen senses. You have advantage on wisdom perception checks that rely on hearing, sight, or smell. Additionally, you can take the search action as a bonus action. I did not know that the search action was a thing. Yep. I thought that was just an investigation check. Technically, it is. Well, yeah, that's what it is, but it is an action. You have to mm-hmm. take your t- you have to take your entire big chunk of your turn and go. What's in this rubble? Nothing. All right, Neat. I'll cast healing word. Neat. Eighteenth uh, level summon of the wilds. Depending on your location, you can create a horde of animals as an action, like birds, fish, insects, rodents, or other similar creatures of your choice. Uh, they arrive immediately, occupy a 30-foot cube, uh, centered on a point within 120 feet. They last for a minute. On each of your turns, you can use a bonus action to move the swarm 30 feet in any direction. Uh, each creature of your choice that starts their turn within the swarm must make a wisdom saving throw against your exploit save DC or have disadvantage on ability checks, attack rolls, saving throws, and a minus five penalty to passive wisdom. their passive wisdom perception score. And a minus five penalty to their passive perception until the start of their next turn. And you can use it once per rest. Uh, just kind of a cool, free, no concentration AoE. That just kind of is debuff, lockdown. 18th level is a little high for what it does, but it is just kind of a supplemental thing. Yeah. yeah. And then the capstone, the 20th level ability. Like most abilities in D&D outside of the 20th level paladin features, which are just kind of badass. Little underwhelming. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You can basically uh, choose whether or not your uh, companion rampages. Um, you get the basically the re- relentless endurance feature for your companion. For your companion, and uh, you again gain bonus ferocity when you start combat. Yep, all just nice little quality of life things that make a twentieth level feature a bit underwhelming. Let's not go into the details of all the subclasses, Yeah. but uh, a quick overview. The Ferocious Bond, you get a lot of benefits to the Rampage portion of your companion's feature set. Uh, So you're going to want to enter a Rampage a whole lot more, and you're going to be able to control it a little bit better. And um, you lose less of your Ferocity when the Rampage ends, giving you the ability to still keep your Ferocity up. This is kind of the... Barbarian subclass of this class. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, your hunter bond, which, I mean, you're stealthy, you get, you have specific targets and quarries that you can target with your companion and you get bonuses. Pretty much a ranger. Ranger. A ranger. Uh, ranger by any different name, no spells. I will say this, this kind of uh, a little bit fixes, I would say, one of your complaints with the ranger. And that is the takes a bonus action to cast Hunter's Mark, and you have to concentrate on it. This, you spend four Ferocity, free action, basically cast Hunter's Mark. Yeah, yeah. I I will never understand why they didn't just make Hunter's Mark a non-concentration spell, even in the updated changes That's true. to Tasha's Cauldron of everything. I agree. I can One can only hope for 5.5. Anyway. Anyway. Next is the Infernal Bond. Uh, Devil devil beast master yep you gain devil, some, some, <laughs> devil beast heart some additional options for exploits that make it a little more uh devilly a little more like magical and eventually your companion gets some uh some some like devil features some wings some scales some fieriness to them 
a whole, this one seems to be the most customizable and unique. Uh, this one's probably going to feel a lot more different than the other ones, as well as the next subclass, the Primordial Bond, which is the same kind of feature set as the um, the fiendish one, but uh, instead it's elemental mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like elemental and weather based. Yep, totally cool. New new exploits, more arcane casty feel, more druidy feel. Yeah, and finally the protector bond, which is tanky companion. I was going to say I have written down protector. Here's the beef. Yep, big old beefy boy. Big old beefy. You gain AC. You gain HP. And, uh, and 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 you get protector features from like the protector fighting style example. Mm-hmm. Outside that is that is pretty much the entire class in a nutshell. There's a lot going on. Yes, I think you have to account for the fact that each individual companion has unique features to them as well. It is it, it is a it is a class that is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. It's fun. It's interesting. Uh, a lot of the flavor overlaps with the ranger. Um, if you were looking to be a beast master, first I would say uh, don't unless you're using the Tasha's rules for beast master. And at that point, you might want to just take a look at this class because you got there's a lot of overlap with mm-hmm. the Tasha's version of the beast master, and uh, you get a lot more choices and a lot more variety in what you can do with this class yeah i think my overview of this class is uh, i really enjoy this like i said i enjoy the creator but or well creators the company um overall i would play it but i think i would definitely multi-class with this yeah ah if if you wanted full max if you wanted like maximum effectiveness effectiveness of the character you know like the this focuses very little on the pc's actual character and more on the what the companion can do i mean some of the exploits say you know you or your companion you and your companion but i would definitely like to have some fighter features or mm-hmm. maybe some um some caster features cuz this this up to a point uh, uses uh, your bonus action to choose you, to do. You, you've got a lot of... This class has a lot of things to do with your bonus action. A lot like the Warlock, you're going to be making a lot of decisions about what to do with your bonus action every single mm-hmm. turn. Because likely your action is going to be you attack with whatever weapon you have in your hand. Mm-hmm. You say you would like to multi-class into this. I would say I would like to multi-class out of this to get well, martial I would features. class with this. Yeah, I would either... I would either it depends, you know. I feel like I feel like if you want to play a class like this, you want to start with this. Yeah. If we were do if though if we were doing a one shot and it's like, oh, it'd be cool to cool to have, if, you know, mm-hmm. if I have, you know, oh, I definitely want to play a this level fight this level fighter. Oh, by the way, we're having yeah, add three levels to it. Sure, oh. I'll throw in a couple levels of this. Oh, I just uh you could go ultimate customization and go like multi-class into a battle master fighter. Or multi-class into a warlock, or multi-class into an artificer, <laughs> and just be like truly one of a kind that will probably never ever be played that same way ever. Oh yeah, at any table ever. That's neat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
there's also a section at the end that contains some magic items. I can sum those up real quick. I have it written down. Um, they're basic items, really, that give basic boosts to stats, give some additional uses of ferocity, allow for the casting of free spells specifically on the companion, uh, like polymorph, so that you don't have to walk through town with a with a owlbear. Instead, you can walk through town with a weasel. Um, and then, of course, as in any companion-based supplement, there is a pokeball. The companion ball. The companion ball. And yep. in, uh, in, in Stibbles, it's called the Amulet of Safe Haven. Yes. Um, but yeah, keep your animal in there so they don't get it. They don't get hurt or hurt things. Yeah. Yeah. Stop letting your magmar walk around town. It is made of lava. Look, Pokemon buildings are immune to fire. <laughs> right? Uh, I'm pretty sure there's an episode of the anime where they have to, where they're throwing buckets of water onto a fire. I do remember the Squirtle Squad. There's a Squirtle Squad. Putting out a fire. But I mean, any universe where a 10 year old can capture uh, the literal incarnation of God, Arceus, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the logic of your world building kind of goes by the wayside at that point. Yeah. Imagine if we created a technology. Not only did we find God, not only has God spoken to us and stepped on plenty of people, somebody comes up with how to put him in a, in a, in a three-inch diameter sphere. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. At this point, if you uh, want to ask questions to be answered on the podcast, the best way to make that happen, to guarantee that it will happen, is to join our Discord server, uh, which you can find a link to in the description of the YouTube video, as well as the link tree in the bio of pretty much all of our social medias, mm-hmm. TikTok, Twitter, etc., etc., and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a channel called podcast questions. That channel is, uh, as, as always completely devoid of activity as is most of our discord up to this point, up to this point, we have a very small discord community. We want We want to get some people in here because, uh, we can't interact with everyone about everything. But we also record this podcast live on TikTok. You can follow us at Dungeon Bros YT. If you do not find us on TikTok, I am shocked. That's pretty much where our following is. Yeah. We are live right now. There were a couple people in the chat. Uh, not too many. Most of it was from a DM English teacher, as we talked to at the beginning. Uh, they, they, this, this, this lovely gentleman. I th- it's okay to call him a gentleman. I assume it's a, he's a he. We, we never asked. I'm it. I don't remember looking in a bio and I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to assume he's a he. I apologize if that's, if that's offensive. Actually, no, I don't apologize. It's fine. You're an English teacher. You're probably fine. We're here. We're Cle- clearly male presenting I think, at the very least. I think this is a uh, very off topic. He stitched our, uh, he, did. He, he stitched our mighty Morphin power Rangers part one, where we were uh, calling out the various types of players that you'll find at your D and D table. One of which being the note taker. Uh, felt like we didn't put enough respect on the name mm. of the note taker, uh, calling them as he, as he put, I believe, the keeper of the, the keeper of the annals, which then led us to make many uh, anal jokes to one another about. Considered making a reply to that. I think we may have made a comment on that video. I think we did comment. We liked it, uh, but it did give me an idea for the next Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TikTok. Yes, we have. We will be having a part three because those are doing well. <laughs> Stay tuned and watch out for that one TikTok Live. Uh, it's just me and the 
on the on the thing right now. Stay tuned and watch out for that, Connor. Very good. Uh, the other one is Professor D&D. He commented, absolutely love the Beast Heart. Super excited to see people talking about it. Uh, yeah, we talked about it. We, well, I like it. We, we, neat. Yeah, we enjoy this. It's neat. Uh, as someone who totally did not actually read pretty much any of it and just skimmed through and let you talk me through it and also reading it aloud for the first time. Uh, seems neat. I'm sure there's a lot of things that we're not aware of, but MCDM does have really, really tight homebrew. You're, you're not likely to find some overly powerful stuff or some underpowered stuff. Yeah, they are, since they are, they are, uh, that is their whole company. They do have plenty of play testers. They do, they love D&D as much as we do, and they spend a lot of time thinking about it, playing it. One thing I forgot to mention during the podcast, I feel like I mention this every time we look at a new supplement, art. Mm, the art. The art, the art in, in, in any of the, any of the Wizards of the Coast books is, it's neat. It's, um, it's what it you would expect. It is, it is very much the same style. But I appreciate Matt Colville and his his drive to just make or just have over the top art put into things that his company produces. It is always evocative. It is always very classic, and it is. And this is no different. That's I it. love some of the images so much here. It's a great time. It's a good time. We should post a link to this when it when it posts on YouTube, uh, and we should tweet at him. Make a note until relentlessly, like every. 30 minutes hmm. until he responds to us. Sounds like a lot. I mean, persist- mm-hmm. persistence, I feel like, is a really underrated feature, uh, underrated selling point for uh, people. Hmm. We are also uh, both very inattentive and tend to forget. I mean... Also, fun fact, uh, Matt Colville got the very first like from our twitter that the that our twitter the D- the dungeon bros twitter gave yeah out because uh he's, he's pretty cool he's you, you opened the app and read something and went ha all right i like that pretty much i remember that day i don't <laughs> <laughs> well we got nothing in the discord to talk about we got nothing on the tiktok live to talk about well, we've well we've addressed everything in the we TikTok have. life. We have so so. Uh, I feel uh, we we this was this one was kind of impromptu. A little bit. Um, we had to cancel and reschedule a couple times. Yeah. So we we will try to post the events in both the Discord and the TikTok in the future. Uh, we would love to have you join us there. I think our average viewership is like three. Yeah. Something like that. Let's get that. Let's hit that in the double digits next That'd time. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. So if you uh, if you if you've enjoyed this this or any of our podcasts, um, please, uh, if you're if you're on any of the apps that you can rate the, and review a podcast, the Apple Podcast, the Google Podcast, the Spotify Podcast, etc. and so on. Please, uh, you know, give us a five star review, or if, or you know, be honest. Four and a half is fine too. Yeah, if and it's if it's less than four, um, don't bother. And if you don't know what to say, <laughs> I'll tell you what to say right now. You're gonna say, "Hey, I love this podcast. It has made me a better person, and I love my my mother. I quit drinking. I I gave half of my wealth to charity out of the and, goodness of my heart. And one of the good ones." 
Like not, we're not talking, we're not talking no salvation army. We're talking like you went down the road to like the mom and pop charity on the corner of Broadway and second street. And sure. Broadway and second. You went, you went to the fucking, the fucking soup kitchen. You, You made some soup. Yeah. You're serving soup to people now because of this podcast. And because of this podcast, you learned to bake bread. You learned not only did you learn to bake bread, you learned to bake good bread. Yeah, not and just not just a crumbly like mediocre loaf with a with a semi like scratchy top. No, like we're talking a good crusty exterior and fluffy interior. Like a like a solid ass sourdough that you would not be ashamed to slice open for both friends and family. Yeah, something you could dip into the soup that yeah. you are serving to those in your community who need yeah. soup. You adopted a, a neglected animal from an animal shelter. Mm-hmm. You spayed and or neutered it to help control the pet population to avoid this many unwanted pets in, yeah. the, in the system. Up to this point, you were like, no, Bob Barker, I'm not spaying or neutering my pets. And now you're like, the Dungeon Bros have convinced me to spay and neuter my pets. Yeah. And you should put all of that in the review. Yes. Every single one. Yes. Put that in, put that we, in the review. We got, you, we got you off of cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we got you on to tabletop role playing games. Yeah, possibly whiskey. You you found out uh, the health benefits of your job, and you have you have now a uh, standing desk. <laughs> I thought you meant the health benefits of like going to your job. <laughs> I think there are mostly monetary benefits of going to your job. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, review us, follow us on the things, like, like, subscribe. I'm done. All right. Well, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, empty, empty, uh, empty TikTok live. Um, In the meantime, peace out. Bye.